Hello and welcome to the next episode in our digital download series. I'm Lizzie Williams. I'm a senior associate in the dispute resolution group at Harbottle and Lewis. In this podcast series, we are discussing topical issues in the digital and tech world and giving you our expert steer on the legal issues they give rise to. In each episode, we will interview some of our colleagues on a tricky tech topic and today's guests are Maid Laney, an associate in our private client group, and Andy Ray, probate manager in the same group. I'll be asking them about the knotty issue of what happens to digital assets like cryptocurrency, as well as social media accounts and intellectual property on death, and how we can control what happens to them when we die. As a commercial litigator, talking about death is not something I do every day, unlike my colleagues May and Andy, who are experienced and adept at dealing with this sensitive topic. Today, we are going to cover three main areas. First of all, digital files and their associated intellectual property. Second, social media accounts. And third, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. So starting with intellectual property, Andy, please could you talk us through what happens in relation to your ownership of copyrights and other IP rights on death and how you can make sure that all this is dealt with appropriately? Hi, Lizzie. Yeah, of course. So the starting point is that when somebody dies, they're very likely to leave some kind of digital assets and associated intellectual property rights as part of their asset base. This could, as you can imagine, take the form of photographs, literary works, digital artwork, or perhaps most commonly emails. So in respect of these digital files and their intellectual property rights, and in fact, most other assets, digital or otherwise, is that they will vest in the personal representatives on the owner's death. So a personal representative is an umbrella term for either an executor or an administrator. As you may know, an executor's authority speaks from the date of death, i.e. because they have been appointed in the will, whereas an administrator's authority derives from the issue of the grant of letters of administration. So until that point, nobody has any authority to deal with the deceased person's assets. And so their authority, as I say, comes from the grant of letters of administration, which may not issue for a year or maybe even more after somebody has died. So the starting point for these digital files and the associated intellectual property rights, and in fact, most other assets, uh, so that's digital or otherwise, is they will vest in the personal representatives on the owner's death. So a personal representative is the umbrella term for either an executor who has usually been appointed in the will, or an administrator. An executor's authority speaks from the date of death because their authority derives from the will, whereas an administrator's authority derives from the issue of the grant of letters of administration, which is effectively the court order that needs to be applied for during the course of the administration of the estate. This grant might not issue for a year or more after someone has died, so in these instances, there is invariably a period between the date of death and the date of grant during which time nobody has any authority to deal with the deceased's digital files or any of their other assets. That being said, the personal representative's statutory right may be curved by any contractual arrangements which the deceased entered into with internet service providers prior to their death. In the small print of these contracts, when you sign up, you may be confirming that the internet service provider has the right to delete your account immediately upon your death. And so up until recently, it had been quite difficult for bereaved family members or executors to obtain any files or photographs which were stored in the cloud, for example. In 2017, a widow applied to the court for an order which would instruct the service provider to release these digitally held assets to her. And it seemed that each and every person who wished to access these kinds of files held in the cloud would need to make an application to the court of this kind. The positions changed, however, uh, in December 2021 when Apple announced that they would be streamlining their process with the introduction of their new operating system. So they now have a digital legacy feature which will enable customers to name up to five family members or friends who will be able to access the files posthumously. Thanks, Andy. Ideally, of course, also we want to avoid there being that period of time, which you talked about, Andy, where no one has authority to deal with the intellectual property. So in order to do this, we strongly suggest that you make a will. In addition, where we are aware of our clients holding 
the intellectual property assets that Andy discussed or the rights of this kind. We sometimes suggest that you appoint two sets of executors in your will. So you might have a family member or a trusted friend or a professional to deal with your general estate and then also a second executor to deal with your intellectual property rights. So this could be your agent or someone else with an expertise in this field. I think this is probably particularly important for someone with valuable digital assets. So this could be someone with a large amount of investments in Bitcoin, which I know we'll come on to later, or for example, a digital influencer who has value and goodwill in their brand. Whilst this income stream may may naturally die with them, it might be more important for them to think about some of these issues that we're discussing here than, say, for me or you. In addition to this, if the intellectual property rights have already generated a stream of income, then they may be subject to inheritance tax on your death. So the personal representatives then have a duty to transfer the intellectual property rights to the beneficiaries of the estate, and it's sometimes a good idea to have a separate trust in your will which receives the IP rights. So this would mean that the trustees would have statutory duties to maximise the value of the trust and therefore to exploit the rights where possible. It's also perhaps worth mentioning that copyright generally expires 70 years from the end of the calendar year in which somebody died. Thanks both, that's really helpful. So just sticking with social media accounts which we've already touched on, would somebody that I'm related to be able to lock down my account, access my photographs after my death and how can I make sure that that is provided for? Yeah. So when you prepare your will, you can leave your executors specific instructions as as to what they should actually do with your social media accounts. But there is there an, an interaction with what the internet service provider will allow them to do. So each one is different. And as I think I mentioned before, you sign up to it during your lifetime, you know, whenever you open an account with anybody, whenever you set up a Facebook or a Twitter account. So when you prepare your will, you can leave your executor specific instructions as to what they should do with your social media accounts. But that is, of course, subject to what the Internet service provider will allow. And that's usually dictated by the terms and conditions that the deceased person entered into during their lifetime. So as I say, each one is different. But generally speaking, there are the same range of options, which are one, simply closing the account and deleting all of the information. Two, nominating someone who will be allowed limited access to the account. On Facebook, for example, this is called a legacy contact. Or three, memorialise the account for a period of time prior to its permanent deletion. As Andy has said, each internet service provider will have different rules and there are no hard and fast rules. And therefore, you should always check beforehand what your family or executor's options will be once you've died. For example, to take one specific thing, Twitter will allow a designated or authorised person access to an account in order to delete or to preserve it. I guess from a practical perspective, in order to avoid any difficulties once you've died, you should transfer during your lifetime where possible any appropriate photographs or media to people you trust. But this obviously isn't always possible in practice. You you don't necessarily know when this is going to come into effect. It's also not always possible because I know Instagram and Twitter are personal contracts that you enter into and the terms and conditions don't actually allow these to be transferred or assigned during your lifetime. I guess what we're saying here is there's no perfect solution, but certainly a comprehensive document securely held setting out all the relevant information and passwords is a good place to start, and we can provide clients with a helpful template to assist with this. One thing I would say is that your will is not a secure place to put your passwords because a will becomes a public document on your death, so certainly a private letter to your executors which can be held together with your will is a much better way to do this and as I said we've got a good template for this. Thanks that's great and now onto the really interesting and quite novel question of the inheritance of cryptocurrency and other crypto assets like NFTs. Is our current wills and probate system able to deal with that and what if only I have access to my private key and to my crypto wallet 
and I die suddenly, how my executor is going to be able to deal with that situation? So if it's okay, I'll talk about the law first, uh, and I think afterwards May will address some of the practical difficulties which personal representatives will face with regard to these. This is, of course, a relatively recent development, and while I suspect that succession law, which is, of course, relatively ancient, is still in the process of catching up, I do believe that our current system still does adequately deal with devolution of cryptocurrency and NFTs on death. The starting point, as I've mentioned before, is that all assets of the deceased will ultimately vest in the personal representatives, be that on death or upon the issue of the grant of letter of administration. And this does include intangible assets. Intangible assets cover copyright and intellectual property, but digital assets are inherently intangible. And this is included in that. So one interesting way in which uh, the law of succession has been clarified following the digital revolution is that digital assets will definitely not be included in the definition of chattels. And this is important because very frequently in wills, there are clauses which leave chattels on what is known as a precatory trust. So that's for the personal representatives to distribute at their discretion, or they simply leave all of the chattels to a specific person. We see that quite a lot. So following an amendment to the Administration of Estates Act, which is one of the key bits of legislation which deals with probate and assets on death, it is confirmed that digital assets will not comprise a chattel, so they do need to be dealt with separately in your will. So in relation to taxation, as you may know, when someone dies, all of their assets must be valued for inheritance tax purposes. The established and correct way to value an asset for inheritance tax purposes is their open market value as at the date of death. Inheritance tax is levied subject to any applicable reliefs or exemptions of 40%, and this will include cryptocurrency and NFTs. Generally, inheritance tax is levied on death either on your worldwide assets if you are domiciled anywhere in the UK, or on only your UK CITUS assets if you are domiciled outside of the UK. So there's been some discussion and debate, therefore, about where cryptocurrency is situated because it's obviously relevant for these purposes. This is inherently a difficult question because digital assets are nebulous and they're clearly made up of digital code and don't have a situs in the usual sense of the word. Of course, you can point to a bank account and say where it's registered or where the actual funds are held. It's clearly very different with these digital assets, the cryptocurrency. HMRC has therefore issued some guidance which states that they will deem the situs of the cryptocurrency or the NFT to be in the same place as where the owner is resident. So this does not make any difference to entirely UK people, but if for example, you are resident in the UK but not domiciled here, it's very likely that HMRC will deem your cryptocurrency to be situated in the UK for inheritance tax purposes. So having said that, this is the way in which HMRC has confirmed that they will be determining uh, the sites of cryptocurrency. In a recent unreported case, a UK judge found that according to private international law, domicile should actually determine its situs, not residency. So although there is some guidance from HMRC, I think the position is still unclear there. Thanks, Andy. So notwithstanding the fact that the legal position is now, I mean, I say clear, but we have some clarity in this area in relation to the devolution of cryptocurrency and NFTs. This doesn't mean, unfortunately, that the practical steps involved are necessarily straightforward or perfect, as we've said before. As you say, Lizzie, this really is a novel area. Pre-2019, we weren't even sure if crypto was considered property. But in November 2019, the Law Tech Delivery Panel, which is headed by the Chancellor of the High Court, published legal guidance that crypto assets qualify as property and should be treated as such. So the panel said basically that crypto assets should not be disqualified as being property on account of their unique legal characteristics or on account of difficulties classifying them in relation to existing assets. And so the High Court have also adopted this position. There was a case called AA and Persons Unknown re-Bitcoin involving an application for an interim proprietary injunction which was granted on the basis that crypto assets can qualify as property. 
So turning to what this means in terms of practical steps, in order to transfer the legal ownership of cryptocurrency, you will almost invariably require the digital wallet, which holds the private and the public key. Owners of cryptocurrency should always ensure that this information is securely passed onto the PRs, as we've mentioned before, prior to their death, or otherwise you do risk the fact that the asset could be lost forever. Thanks guys. So bearing all that in mind, if I've got some crypto assets which I would like to ensure that my children can access, how do I go about making that as straightforward as possible? I would say that you need to do two things really. First of all, you need to leave the crypto assets as a specific request in your will. So for example, I give my Bitcoin to my children in equal shares. This obviously relies on the fact that you have a will. So to return to our point from earlier, the most important thing is that you have a will. And then the second thing is that you should make available to your children. So either directly or via a trusted person. So whether that's your lawyer or a friend, a way to access your digital wallet when you die. And again, the other thing is to remember that those assets may attract inheritance tax on your death. So you should give some thought before you die as to how this will be funded. One way to do this, for example, is to make sure that you have sufficient life cover in place to cover any potential liability. Thanks. So just to sum up, as we're coming to the end of our time frame for this episode, what three key pieces of advice would you give to someone wanting to ensure that their digital wealth and assets are inherited properly? I think one of the most important things is to be aware of the terms and conditions of the internet service providers with whom you have agreements or with whom you're going to have agreements. In particular, look at and be aware of what's going to happen to your digital assets and your death and what the options will be for your personal representatives as to how they would evolve. Secondly, where possible and appropriate, make your family aware of a secure place where you've stored any passwords or where they might access your digital wallet, as May touched upon earlier. And thirdly, at the risk of being repetitive, I would say make sure you engage your solicitor to assist you with preparing a will and a letter of wishes. Your solicitor will consider all of your crypto assets and can help you prepare the inventory of these. They can also then incorporate a gift of your crypto assets into your will and can help you to prepare a letter to your PRs, which gives them guidance as to what they should do with your digital assets when you die and where they'll find this crucial information, which will give them access. I think the key point is to make sure that you are as clear as possible and you make things as easy as possible because Andy and I have seen that in practice, if you don't give this guidance, it can be really difficult after someone's died to trace these assets and to properly value them. Thanks. So it sounds like it's really important to consider not only the technical legal position, but also the practical position for those who are left behind. Thank you so much, May and Andy, for your time and insight. We're now at the end of this episode. For further insights, please follow Harbottle and Lewis on Twitter and LinkedIn and join us for our next episode in a fortnight's time.